Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. I go with this. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know. I, usually I do know where, where to go. I, I, I just, I, I, really, I really feel, I, I'm just going to share one point from my message, one point that I feel led. Because I was, I was up to like 2 in the morning. And uh, I couldn't get past point one, you know, so I have like five pages of point one. Um, so let, let's just pray because I believe God wants to speak to us. Amen. Come on, let's speak, let's speak to us. How many believe that God wants to trust you? Raise your hand. Come on. Say, Lord, trust me. Send people my way. Let me not treat them as inconvenience, but as an opportunity to disciple and pour in, in Jesus' name. So I guess that was the appetizer. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just anoint this quick word, because I know the time is short. I just feel an urgency to release this. It has to do with what we were saying. So I would just want to ask that you would anoint this word, and get our scriptures out, our word out, in Jesus' name. If everyone said, give me about 25 to 30 minutes, guys, then we're going to baptize people, and the Spirit of God is going to change lives today. Amen. Uh, I really do, just a little transparent moment, I do struggle with the length of the service. And some of you guys, oh, don't worry, Pastor, don't worry. And I know you guys are really encouraging that. But I do want to, at the same time, honor uh, your time. Uh, So if you do need to leave at any time, uh, you're not going to dishonor me. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, But I do know that the Word of God is uh, worthy to be listened to. Amen. I want you to turn real quick. I mean, I just, uh, there's so many... uh, (sighs) Ephesians. Let's just start in Ephesians chapter 3. Okay. Now, this is not even going to be the crux of my message, but I just have a couple of scriptures. So I want you to be open. Everybody say open. The reason why I want to preach the word because I feel like, especially for those who are getting baptized, they need to have faith for what they're about to happen. Okay. So faith comes in the room by the preaching of the word of God. So open up your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to, in a, in a moment, we're going to start in verse 14. But I don't want you to read it yet because this is not even the foundational scripture that I want to speak on. But I do want to say this. I've been studying some things, and especially I knew that uh, the, the baptism was coming and Journey Week was coming. So I kept praying to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I feel like even now that the Lord wants me to make this a series, what I'm about to say. And I heard the phrase Exodus Factor, the S- Exodus, <laughs> the Exodus Factor, right? And the Exodus Factor, we've heard like on TV shows, the Fear Factor, we've heard uh, all these other things. But the Exodus Factor are, is very simple. And I've added to this for years ago that I add this teaching. I added some incredible, the Lord did incredible new dynamics. Because as I studied the journey, listen to me please, of, of the people of Israel. Everybody say journey. You just come away from journey, right? As I studied the journey of the people of Israel that went exodus or exited or exits, exodus out of Egypt. Everybody say Egypt. I realized that the same stages, everybody say same. The same stages that the people of Israel went through to eventually get total freedom is actually the same spiritually, symbolically, and prophetic stages that we must go through to inherit and walk in the fullness of God. So I want you to know this, and I'm only going to get to point one. I'm not going to preach the whole message because as I was meditating last night, um, 
have a disclaimer because there's, and I said this, uh, here's a disclaimer. So hear me, hear me out. So I'm going to be all over the place. So forgive me for today, okay? Um, I'm trying to say this with all humility and because I, 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 I'm, I'm a type of leader that I listen to my congregation. They got quiet up in here. You should, that was a good one for you. You should have said amen, pastor, right? What I mean by that is I'm not controlled by my congregation, but I listen to my congregation. I think more pastors need to listen to their congregation. You can say amen. I'm not going to whip you, you know what I mean? And what I mean by that is sometimes as a leader, uh, if you're a leader of any organization, you have a big bullseye. And I don't care who you are. If you're, if, you're, if you're the CEO of a company, people used to really like you when you were the assi- associate or the assistant. But when you're the head, everyone has an opinion about how you do things, right? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for a reason, okay? I listen to certain people, and they're well-meaning, and I'm not calling anyone out. So please, I, I'm saying this to actually to, to compliment you. I do listen. The other day, we had a leaders meeting, and several of my leaders said, hey, PG, you need to change things up in some prayer things. And I listened. I said, you know what? You're right. And we changed the whole way that we do prayer. Now I'm okay if musicians don't come, even though I get frustrated. I'm like, okay, you know what? We're just going to worship the Lord and, uh, you know, uh, one of my leaders said, you know, we get, we're out of work real late, and, and it's really straight intercession, so we just want to soak. I said, you're right. Thank you for putting that up. So my, my point is, I'm, I'm giving you a disclaimer. I listen to my congregation, right? But sometimes I want to be able to clarify myself. Now, this was not in my notes, so please don't think this was rehearsed. It's just coming out right now. The, way, the personality that I am is like I am quadruple, I'm quadruple um, default of annoyance to some people <laughs> because I am charismatic, I am an extrovert, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm a Latino. So that like, it's like, <laughs> like, like, it's like, so I'm loud. I'm loud, and to some people, my delivery is obnoxious to them, and I understand that. Uh, but I want to tell you with, with a weeping heart, seriously, that when I speak boldly, about a scripture, don't think I'm attacking you. Don't think that I'm trying to condemn you. I'm simply releasing the word that was already written. There is no shortcut to to read certain scriptures. Like I contemplated bringing the most sweetest person today. Seriously, I told this I told this to to my, my brother over there. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But I was contemplating, like in the middle of my message, having a sweet little, sweet woman say a certain scripture. Seriously. Because I'm like, maybe if they say it, they won't say, well, Pastor George, I just feel condemned. You're harping on sin. No, there's just no shortcut, I realize, to say, be holy as I am holy. Like there's no, like if, if I say, like, could you please say that? Sweet, precious people, repent for your sins and be holy. But listen, listen, listen. Some people would say, like, oh, that's so sweet. But yet that word kind of stings a little bit. I want to tell you that I'm not, I say this because I've never said this. I guess so I have to get it off my chest, right? But I don't prepare my sermons to attack people. I don't prepare and say, Lord, how many scriptures on holiness can you give me tonight? I just don't prepare that way. I don't prepare like, hey, uh, how many scriptures of repenting can you give me because you know you know the church you know i just study and i pray 
and something highlights in my spirit, and I take off in that. And when I start taking off in that, there's other scriptures, and I'm like, if I could be honest, I'm like, uh-oh. No, seriously, I'm, I'm just being open, transparent to you. My congregation may not like that. Some of them, they just, they're going to say there's PG again. I, I say this as a, so you could receive well. You understand? Because maybe, everybody say maybe, that thing that you feel condemned is actually maybe conviction. And maybe you're fighting it and calling it condemnation when it's really the Lord saying, be quiet, stop justifying it, receive the pure word. Here's the good news. I didn't write the book. I didn't write it. So I'm so happy that I could just quote it. So please don't get frustrated by my delivery, by my loudness, by my boldness. And just receive. Everybody say just receive. And I call this the exodus factor because I want to highlight the stages of the exodus and how it applies to us. Now, buckle your seatbelts because I'm just going to go real fast. There's different levels of freedom. Everybody say levels. I want you to know this because some people don't know this. There's different levels. Everybody say levels. I'm at one level right now. I'm at another level right here. I'm at another level right here. I'm at another level right here. It doesn't mean that I'm better. It just means I could see more. You see that, right? I could see more of an of a optical view uh, of what I need to address versus when I'm right here. There's some things I can't see. Hear me, hear me, right? So there's different levels. Everybody say levels of freedom. So there's different levels. And so, so many Christians think that there's only two levels. And for years, I thought that there was just two levels, right? And the first level is when we get saved. We get born again, right? And we get instantly delivered from sin. Everybody say delivered. I'm going to teach you something today. It's going to be old-fashioned. Turn to someone and say it's going to be old-fashioned. Or the second time people think of freedom or deliverance is when someone gets a demon casted out of them. Surely that is deliverance. Surely that is freedom. But there is more to freedom than that. Because ultimately, the people of Israel, and I need you to get this, this is very key, had to go through specific stages. And I'm not going to go through all of them today. It's, the Lord told me each, one, each phase is going to be a series, a part of the series. I'm going to just part on one. But the, the, God had to take them out of Egypt, out of bondage. Everybody say bondage. Watch this. To deliverance. Say deliverance. To freedom. Some of you are like, what, is, what does that mean? What, what, I thought deliverance and freedom are the same thing. Deliverance and freedom feel and, and sound the same, but they are different in context and different in application. So what God did, God did not take the children of Israel out of bondage straight into freedom. He delivered them. But once he delivered them, he waited for their heart to comply with the word so that they could eventually be free. Because deliverance is not freedom. Deliverance is a precursor to freedom. Can I hear an amen? When I, when I, when I think about this, we must honestly ask ourselves, what phase are we in in this, in this exodus phase, right? And so when I say freedom, if I say freedom, I'm, I'm talking about anything that is hindering us from walking in the fullness of God. Got quiet in the Baptist church here. 
Anything that is hindering us from the fullness of God. Now, why did I tell you to turn to Ephesians? It has nothing to do with Exodus, right? You'll see in a second. When I study and when you study the apostolic prayers, let me just pause and say, when you don't know what to pray, turn to your Bibles and find apostolic prayers. What are apostolic prayers? The Lord is bringing me back to that. It's just a really fancy word. A lot of people, uh, uh, I'm going to pray the apostolic prayers. It's just simple that when the apostles were praying something, their prayers were so poignant with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to use that and put it in Scripture. For everyone to see. And so Paul wrote a prayer. You know, we need to go, get, go back to old-fashioned writing our prayers now. That's a whole other sermon. He wrote his prayer. And you know what most of the apostles, when they prayed for the church, that's apostolic prayers. You know what they were praying for in essence? That Christ would be magnified. That strength would be released in the inner man. That victory would be done. That freedom would be done. Watch this. And that we, the church, would walk in the fullness of God. Their prayers for the church was not, oh, Lord, give them more money. Their prayers of the church was, Lord, you know how weak they are. No. It's like their prayers were for us. Me and you, watch this, to walk in the fullness of God. I'll have to make an announcement now before I read the scripture. Anybody who is not walking in the fullness of God maybe are not experiencing full freedom in their lives. God has already given us the fullness of God. But are we walking in the fullness of God? A lot of people misconfuse uh, justification and behavioral holiness. What is justification? What God did for you, he, you are righteous because of what he did on the cross, you can improve on that righteousness. But some people say, I'm the holiness of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I don't need anything else. In a sense, I see what you're saying, but you still got to walk it out. Philippians says that you need to walk out your salvation in fear and trembling. You need to, everybody say, walk it out. Now look at Ephesians chapter 3. Because you're looking at me like I have a pickle on my head. I could have said cockroach like I used to, but I didn't. For this reason... Listen, this is Paul praying. By the way, he's, most people say he's in prison. He's praying this. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is prayer. Watch this. From whom the whole, listen to this prayer, church. For, so, you could, so you could want this prayer. I want this prayer for me. For whom the whole family in heaven on earth is named, that he, he this is a prayer. This is a prayer. He's on his knees and he's saying, I'm praying for you, church. That God would grant you, according to his riches of glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Okay, that's one. Okay, strengthen the inner man. That Christ, number two, may dwell in your hearts through faith. Oh, that's a great prayer. That you, number three, being rooted. Come on, rooted, shout. And grounded in love may be able to, this is all a prayer, comprehend with all the saints. What is the width? What is the length? This is what I'm praying for you. Come on. Can you imagine Apostle Paul praying this for RCC? RCC, I want you to know the width, the length, the depth, and the height, RCC. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Watch this. RCC, I'm praying that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Why are we settling for crumbs when God has given us the fullness why are we settling for just barely making it to heaven when the fullness of God 
is available to us. And so we have to ask ourselves, if I'm not walking in the fullness of God and vibrant of heart, watch this, what is it? That's why the goal, watch me, you're going to shout or I'm going to shout for you. The goal should never be deliverance. The goal should be freedom. Listen, the goal should never be deliverance only. The goal should be freedom. Everybody say freedom. Now, here's a PGism. Ready? I'm going to give you a PGism. It's like my back pocket. <laughs> Magic is going to be on the screen. Ready? Put that first one out there. <laughs> okay, I soon say. Oh, there you go. There's a lot of new people, so I have to say this. Deliverance is the temporary removal of oppression and bondage, but freedom is the permanent removal of oppression and bondage. The reason why people get delivered and then go back into bondage because they only got delivered and not set free. Deliverance is the temporary, momentary lifting off of oppression. You say, why? How do you prove that? Because the ten plagues in Egypt, they were the deliverance factor. But they weren't free even after the deliverance. Come on, somebody. You could take that PGism out for those who are watching online. Watch this. Watch this. The ten plagues. Have you guys ever seen the power of God so strong in your rebellion? In your rebellion that frogs just started popping out everywhere. That hail started pounding your, that, 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 that the lake that you go fishing in just turned into blood. We just keep going, well, it's all right. You'll be like, what? Power after plague after plague to show God's power for one reason. To, so Pharaoh could soften, watch this, I'm going somewhere, his heart on the grip that he had for the children of God so that he could let them go. Are you ready to zoom in on me? The cam- we have a new camera system so you could literally zoom in on me. Uh-oh. What am I looking at there? <laughs> Are you ready? This is a statement. When the children of Israel got delivered, everybody say delivered, out of the hands of Egypt, say Egypt, they were not free. What? What? No, let me say it again. When the people of Israel got delivered out of, watch this, 400, not 30 years, not two years of what you've been going through. 400 years of oppression in Egypt to the point where several generations of people of God had absolutely no clue how Abraham lived, how Isaac lived, how Jacob lived. Had no clue because they were born into a system, watch this, and a culture, I'm going somewhere, and a culture that did not practice anything of the, of, of the Hebrews at all. And so even though they kept, some of them kept while they're enslaved, kept their like religious duties, the whole culture was dictated for them. So when they got delivered, everybody say delivered. See, everyone's saying, I need deliverance. No, you need deliverance and freedom. Because you could be delivered and not free. Well, no, 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 you missed that. You could be delivered and not free. Why? Do you agree with me that the children of Israel were delivered through, uh, by the mighty hand of God and the plagues? And finally, the last plague was a really big one. All the firstborn of Egypt died. And Pharaoh goes, enough. Go, take the people and leave. Isn't that deliverance? You're no longer enslaved to me. Leave. 
So they're like, ha I am delivered. Watch this. And when they go to the second stage, which will be in the next week I'll talk about, they get to the Red Sea. And you would think, okay, here it goes. There was an opportunity. I'm not going to preach on it because I'm, I'm preaching about it next week. It was a place of decision whether they have faith or fear. They started complaining. And even in the Red Sea, and all the millions of people were like, what are you doing to us? Go take us back. Watch this. To Egypt. They were not free. They were delivered. Listen, you could be delivered, but your mind still be in bondage. 400 years of slavery, they got out of it, but they still thought like the Egyptians. They still thought like Egypt. And so they crossed over the Red Sea like we're going to do today. They crossed over, guys. And the water, as they crossed over, they waited and chariots were coming and they were scared. And the enemy was coming. And the Lord says, now I'm going to deal with the enemies of Israel by drowning them in the Red Sea. And they will never put my people in bondage again. You would think... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yahweh, back in those days, Yahweh is Lord. Thank you, Yahweh. My God, I'm going to get myself right. They saw the Red Sea split. I mean, split, and they're like, and the sharks are going. I got the edge, and it's like, you're lucky that, I, that God is holding this wave back because I'm going to eat you. And they're like, I just haven't imagined it. What did that look like? That big old, big old, I mean, like waves all the way to the sky. You see like this octopus, you know, and you see these sharks, and they're like, oh, you're so lucky. And they're like. <laughs> they get to the other side, and they're like, quick, guys. Now, all of a sudden, these chairs are coming. The sea drowns them. Watch this. Less than two months later. Moses is now in the wilderness. I'm talking about the difference between deliverance and freedom. They got delivered by the mighty hand of God. Moses got up just to, to get the commandments. Now, they didn't know that. God was testing their hearts. And guys, in less than two months, three months, here is Israel now saying, what's happening with this Moses? I'm going to create my idol for me and gold. That's a whole other message right there. When God doesn't come in your timing, you create idols in your heart. Let me, let me just. Everybody say there's a difference between deliverance and freedom. Say deliverance is temporary. Freedom is permanent. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be done soon, I promise. But our level of freedom affects every aspect of our life. Remember, I'm talking about levels. I'm talking about levels of freedom. Some of you are in this level of freedom and you're satisfied with it. Because, you know, you kind of see a little bit clearer. You've been delivered from drugs. You've been delivered from alcohol. You've been delivered from uh, you know, fornication. But you're still dabbling in all these things and you're okay with it. And you can't see that you've been delivered but you're not free. I'm, I'm serious. I want you to be free. You know why? Zoom in again. Jesus never said who the Son delivers is delivered indeed. He said who the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm just saying, he never said who the Son delivers is delivered indeed. He said, and you will know the truth, and then he uses that word, who the Son sets free 
It's free indeed. I know this is a hard message for some of you because you don't like being poked. Because you're liking your deliverance level, but you don't want to upgrade to the freedom level. Some Christians are happy being delivered from one or two things, but still not deal with two or three other things that are in our life. And watch this. In the book of Acts, I'm going to go quick. Are you getting something? We see, in my opinion, the, the, the Exodus story in just seven verses. I'm going to close soon. Listen, I'm only do one point, and then we're going to baptize it because I want you to know one thing. If you know anything today, I know that you've, many of you have been serving the Lord for a long time. It's time to exit Egypt. You know what the, you know what the first point is? You know what the first factor is? You can put that up. The first factor of the Exodus factor is we must exit Egypt. Come on, I deserve a little bit more, more hand clap than that. The church must exit a worldly, systemic lifestyle. God loves the people in the world, but he doesn't want us to be consumed by the values of the world. Listen, does everybody say the values of the world? That's symb- Egypt is symbolic. There's nothing wrong with people that were born in Egypt now. That's not what I'm saying. If you're an Egyptian, God loves you. But Egypt in the old days represented bondage and the world. And the church looked at that, even in the bondage, and said, man, we had it better there, Moses. We're starving here. We're starving. I want some chicken. I want some cornbread. This is for the Latinos. I want some arroz con gandules, Moses. I want some pernil. Why do I get this bird coming up the same time all the time? And what? Listen, they got a manna from heaven, and they still were complaining. No, but I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not hungry, but I want my taste buds a little. I need. Give me some fried chicken. Come on, somebody. And Moses and God was like every day. I'm giving you manna food from heaven that earth can't even cook. They still don't like it. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm getting somewhere. The Exodus in Acts chapter 7 tells us the journey. All right? It tells us the journey. And, 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 and actually, I'm not, I'm not going to go to it because it's, it's, I want to save time. But in the book of Acts in the New Testament, it actually describes Stephen. My God. He preached an amazing sermon, Stephen, before he died. One of the best sermons ever. And he talked, and he, and he in seven or eight verses summarized the whole uh, Old Testament, in a sense, leading up to Jesus. Because he was trying to teach these Jews, hey, it started from Abraham, guys. Then it went to Isaac. Then he said, I'm just paraphrasing. He said, then he raised up this man named Moses. In the book of Acts, chapter 7, he's saying this whole story. He said, hey, they, they, they raised up Moses, who, who was sent to deliver Israel. Watch this. And he sent them out of Egypt, say Egypt, through the Red Sea, say Red Sea, to the wilderness, right? And then it's implied, because it stopped us there, but it's implied that the fourth stage is what? That one. The fourth stage is, come on, the promised land, which is symbolic of freedom. Now, I'm going to give you a precursor. I'm going to explain these in the next week. The first stage is what we're talking today. I'm not going to go to the second, third, or fourth. The first stage is Egypt. If I say Egypt. Come on, say Egypt. So 
the Egypt factor, sorry, the, the Exodus factor is the Egypt factor. It's the world and its system. Say the world and its system. We, listen, 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 listen. Please look at me. Look at me. The world is trying to tell the church how to even believe in gender. A three-year-old kid can't even dictate his bedtime, but they are telling them and telling parents that they need to dictate their gender at three years old. A three-year-old can't even dictate their own bedtime. I, Mom, I, I think, I think that I, as a three-year-old, have the capacity to tell you that I'm going to bed at midnight. Imagine a three-year-old saying that. Imagine a three-year-old saying, Mama, I, I don't know why, but I need to go to bed at 3 a.m. in the morning. They probably can't even talk that way. Yet the world is saying that three-year-olds could dictate their gender? It's time to exit Egypt. Listen, 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 listen. No, 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 no. I'm going to say something deep because several of you are here and I love you, but I'm, I have a zeal to get you out of this. The Exodus factor cannot exist if you still love and hold on to Egypt. You can't, you can't Exodus if you're, if you're staying in Egypt. Now listen, there's two, there's two types of exodus out of Egypt. Either there's people that are not saved, that are in the world, and they're in darkness and they need Jesus. That's easy, right? But you know what the other, the other reality of exodus, of, uh, sorry, the Egypt people are? Is when Egypt is in the people of God. So now God takes the people of God out of Egypt, and now he has a bigger problem because he's trying to take Egypt out of them. He takes the people of God, listen to me, out of the world and the worldly lifestyle. And now, through time, believers start watching things they shouldn't watch. They start listening to things they shouldn't listen to. And listen, it's, it's a sad indictment when sometimes Christians look more like the world than the world looks like the world. <laughs> no, no, I want to say that again because that was good. That, that Christians look like the world more than the world looks like the world. Man, there's some people that don't know Jesus, that they're kind and they show the fruits of the Spirit and they cry with you and they say, I have, I have a, a stretch therapist person that uh, she does professional stretches on me for my nerves. She's with some of the kindest person, compassionate person while she stretched me. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like yeah. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. There's some tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-shaking Christians that they're like, oh, yeah. hey, and they leave the parking lot, and something happens, and they start cursing like a sailor. I mean, they just fell in the Holy Ghost two hours ago. And they're like, oh, oh. Get in the car, someone cuts them off, little beep, 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 beep. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> no, no, no. It's funny, right? But let's be honest. Ask yourself how much of Egypt is in you. Come on, I'm going to preach a little bit. I'm going to preach a little bit. Ask yourself right now. Come on, let's be honest with yourself. How much of Egypt is still inside of me? How much do I really crave the world that I want to be like the world without really being noticeable? How much of the world is in you? 
in order for you and I to overcome the desires of Egypt, we have to have a revelation of what Peter the apostle said. You know what he said? You're just pilgrims and sojourners. You know, some of you guys don't even know. Everybody say sojourners. I don't even know. Say it three times. Sojourner, sojourner, sojourner. <laughs> My, what is What kind of church is this? You know what the word sojourner means? And pilgrims. Are you ready? 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 Passing through. No, 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 no. Watch this. I'm a pilgrim. I'm, this is not my home. I'm just, I'm just visiting, getting some lunch, eating a little bit, spending some time in lodging, and I'm keeping on walking. You know why? Because Jesus says, if the world, if you were of this world, they would hate you. But because you're not of this world and I took you out of the world, people are going to hate you. There's a difference between people hating you because of Jesus. But there's another difference of people hating Jesus because of you. There's a difference between people not liking you because of your stance for Jesus. The Bible says, blessed are those who are, who, who are persecuted for what? For what? Say it loud. For what? Persecuted for righteousness, like not, not for because you chose a certain political party. That's not persecution, guys. If you're getting persecuted because you, you're loud about a certain political party, that is not persecution that the Bible talks about. Blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Right? So, so watch this. What, what was I just saying before? What was the statement that I said before? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch this. I can tell another bit. This is in my notes, right? But Jesus said, you know why they hate you? Because you're not of this world. Now watch this. I'm going to get there. Everybody say pilgrims. Everybody say sojourner. I'm going to show you a scripture right now, right? That if you ever, I, I never saw this until just recently. You, I'm going to give you the key to overcoming lust of the flesh. Picture yourself as a citizen in heaven, not a citizen on earth. Because when you got born again, you changed citizenships. We're now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You had a name change. And you're no longer just a worldly citizen. No, no watch this, watch this. Look at First Peter. I'm about to close, I promise. This is good stuff, though. But you are a chosen generation. Come on, somebody. A royal priesthood. Who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? Watch this. A holy nation, his own special people that you, say I, may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, he called us out of. Why are we still in darkness? Why is a church still dabbling in Egypt? That's what brought condemnation. Because we're trying to live right then. We open the door to the world and the devil says, come here. The, devil, the, you, the church is not going to like you and the God's not going to like you, which is all a lie. But we open the doors to the world and we never come back to the church. Most people, I never see them again once they start opening the world, that door to the world. And I call them. I call them. And it's, you know why? They feel so condemned, so ashamed, but now their desires are not even for the Lord anymore. 
that have zero desire for righteousness. Watch this. I'm going to keep going. Who called you out of darkness, saying, he called me out of darkness. Watch this. Into his marvelous light. Now watch this. Who once were not a people, but now the people of God, who had not attained mercy, but now obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as what? Sojourners and what? Here's a key. Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against us all. What? What? Wait, wait, wait. How, Lord, PG, how, give me a key. Give me one strategy of how to overcome the lust of the flesh. See yourself as a pilgrim and a sojourner. Let me read that again. As pilgrims and sojourners, abstain. Do you know if you talk to a true pilgrim, they won't have any, they don't, they don't have a, a taste for the culture because they're always traveling. They don't have a taste to be uh, stuck in one place. Watch this, guys. This is so good. We have to act this way. Because if you view yourself as a pilgrim and they walk, that you're passing through, in this life, this world will be much easier to handle. Come on, say amen. Come on, say amen. We got to say bye-bye to the world. Uh, you know what? It's time to say bye to Egypt. You know what? You, no, no, sir. It's time to say bye. We, you know, everybody go like this. Raise your hands up. Now go like this. Now go like this. No, seriously. Go like this. Now go like this. Now do it. Ready? Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Come on, say it. Hey, hey. Goodbye. Come on, say it. Come on. Na, 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 na. Come on. Na, 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 na. Come on. Hey, hey. Now do this. Goodbye. Come on, somebody. It's time for Christians to say goodbye to Egypt. We love Egypt so much. But I want to tell you a scripture, several scriptures in the, in, the, in the Passion Translation to let you know what I feel the Lord's heart is on this. And some people say, why do you use a lot of translations? Because it captures a, a different angle of what I'm trying to say. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Now watch, I'm just reading. This, this, is, the, this is one of the verses that I want to have. Actually, you know what? Um, come here, Amber. Come here, Amber. Come here. Come here. I know, I know, I know. It's not scripted. Come here. Come here. Amber's such a sweet, awesome woman of God. Aren't you, aren't you right? How many love Amber? Come here, Amber. Come here. Come here. You're peeking my notes. See that right there? I want you to read that. First John 2, chapter 15. Read that right there. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? If anyone what? If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, you can't persecute me. It was Amber that said it. So, Amber, you just read, if anyone loves the world, the what? The love of the Father is not in him. Keep, 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 keep reading. Because I don't think this is for today in this world culture. Go ahead. Three. Yes, go ahead. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. Thank you. Give it up for Amber. PG, you're coming off condemning. I didn't read it. Sweet Amber read it. But do you see that there's no way around it? In her sweet voice, she says, she said, if you love the world, 
the love of the Father is not in you. If I say it, CPGs, he's angry. He's trying to get at me. No, what I'm saying is we have believed a false gospel in America. The love of the Father is not in you if you constantly love the world. I didn't write the book. Don't get mad at me. No, it's going to get even more. I did that as an appetizer so now I can say the rest of the scriptures. James chapter 1 verse 27 in the Passion Translation. Are you getting something? My whole message that before you get in there, leave the world behind. Today like never before. What do I mean? I'm talking about, I'm going back to my youth pastor days. Examine the music that you listen to. Examine, examine the conversations you have. And all that junk. Anything that is worldly, end it. I'm not saying that you can't have an oldie playlist, you know, every now and then. But I'm saying is what is dominating you? I, I, I won't say it because I'm going to embarrass. I asked someone very close to me. I said, do you love the Lord and do you trust me? Yes. Oh, yeah, I look up to you. I said, okay. Uh, if I grabbed your phone and looked at your playlist, not to be religious or legalistic. not trying to be legalistic, okay. I said, would you be more embarrassed or would you be like, sure, go ahead. And they said, I'll be embarrassed. <laughs> I said, that's fine. I never looked at their phone. Because I'm not trying to pinpoint one thing. What I'm trying to pinpoint is we have come accustomed to just having everything that the world has. Now watch this. Here's the scripture. Now PG, are you ready? Turn to someone and say, he's preaching good today. <laughs> now look at what, hey, I like that one. First, look at James 1.27. Watch, 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 watch. I wish I, was, I had Amber's voice right now. True spirituality... That is pure in the eyes of our Father God. Watch this. It's to make a difference in the lives of the orphans. Come on, say. Oh, I mean, that was a good armor. Lives of the orphans. And widows in their time of trouble. And to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. You can't say all oh, on that one. You're like, ouch. Right? Everybody say, be refused. To be corrupted by the world's values. That means don't give so much credit to your past. Your past is your past. Yeah, share it with a testimony. But don't highlight your, your drugs. Don't highlight all that. God has cleansed you. You're a new creation in God. Sure, tell your testimony. Sure, say where you came from. But don't harp on that thing. Don't give the devil glory. What, what music are we listening to in your car? And you're coming out of a spiritual church and you're cursing. I used to do that years ago. I didn't even know. I was like doing the Lord and I was bumping NWA after I got saved. Seriously, I got saved and something was different with me. I had a tape deck and, and a police officer made me upset and I was 18 years old. I said, I want to get that police officer. Boop, F the police. <laughs> and literally, while I'm driving, the Holy Spirit says, look at what you're saying. I'm serious. I may be raw, but that's just me. That's, that's how it happened. How can you say that at church? I didn't say anything at church. I just told you my story because no one discipled me. Into saying, you need to throw that junk away, bro. But if I say that today, 
I'm legalistic. I'm old wineskin. I was born or not, but not last night. I know what people say. This is not the trend of the day. Watch this. Now, now watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Now, look at James. Oh, man, I really, I really need a sweet person right now to say this one. Now, James chapter 4. I'm almost done. James chapter 4. Listen to me. It's going to be up there in the TPT version. I'm, I'm, I'm not scared, but I, I, I'm just, there's just no shortcut. Now, how many agree that I didn't write this verse? How many, how many agree that the Holy Spirit put this verse in there? How many agree that this is New Testament, not Old Testament? I'll say, well, that was Old Testament, Pastor George. I never see that. Well, let's examine some stuff here. No, no, no. We're going to get down to business today, all right? Watch this. Here it goes. And if you ask, chapter 4, verse 3, please look at it in the TPT, you won't receive it for your asking with corrupt motives. Please listen. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. I'm trying to help you. If you're distracted, maybe you're getting convicted and you want to cover it up with distraction. Don't get distracted. You're seeking only to fulfill your own selfish desires. Now, I'm going to read this really. Help me, Holy Spirit. You have become spiritual adulterers who are having an affair, an unholy relationship with the world. Do you see how the TPT says it? Because it's called the Passion Translation for a reason. It wants you to see the passion of the Holy Spirit behind each verse. So what it's saying is, those who are dabbling in worldliness as Christians on purpose, you're in an unholy, adulterous affair. I know that's hard, right? Thank God I didn't write this, though. I only say this because I feel the Lord's zeal on me, and I knew, I knew this was tough on me. Somebody came to me this time, are you okay? I just, I said, I feel the weight of what I want to share. And I know people may look at me a little different. But I want you to look at me with pure eyes that it's time to exit Egypt as a world. It's time to exit Egypt. But I want the, I want the, 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 the drama, I mean, worship team. Sorry. Guys, seriously, pay attention over here. Do, do not get distracted, guys. Do not get distracted right now. I'm trying to preach this so that you could understand that as you get in the water, you're putting a death sentence to the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're putting a death sentence to those gossip conversations. You're putting a death sentence to the open doors that you've created. Not that you're bad, not that I'm bad. I'm just giving you faith so you could drown it once and for all by the Lord. So we could do that. Come on, say amen. amen. So watch this, watch this. I'm almost done. We've got to stop acting like people that are just waiting to go to heaven and start acting like people that came from heaven. Because we really come from heaven if you're born again. Stop waiting on just the Lord to, to, to come and rapture you out. For those of you who just feel like we're not going to go through any tribulation. Stop waiting. Stop acting like people that are just waiting for this, this, this you know, the Lord to just rescue you and start acting like people that came from heaven. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Watch this. Isn't God good? Isn't this good? Look at the scripture here. John chapter 15. Watch this. Watch this. This is Jesus. Everybody say, this is Jesus. I promise I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done after this. Say, this is Jesus. Okay, if we can have the worship team in the background. Watch this. You did not choose me. Isn't that, isn't that awesome news? 
I have news for you. I'm going to bust your bubble, bust my bubble too. You didn't choose Jesus. What? Yes, you made that decision. Yes, you made that, that, that yes. But he was wooing you for a long time. And he made you empty so that you will have no satisfaction in that place. Some of you, I know because you've told me your story. You tried everything and you still were empty. Hello? Watch this. Look at this scripture, guys. Look at John 15. Look at this. this is, you're about to do something that's going to put the nail in the coffin for some of these things that you're saying. How many want to get to that next level in freedom? Come on. How many want to get to that? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Watch this. And that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Look at this, church. The things that I command you, that you love one another. Now watch this. Watch this verse. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me first. This is an indicator. Watch this. Go to the next verse. If you, oh glory, were of this world, the world would love you. Preach that, Pastor George. I'm trying. If you were of this world, the world, what, what is he talking about? He's talking to actual human beings. He's not talking to aliens. But the Lord was talking in the spirit realm. You may have been born on earth, but when you got born again, you're not going to be here. Your residency is heaven and the word of God. Listen, 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 listen. And you need to start thinking like the word of God because you came from there. You need to start thinking like where you came from. Listen, put that scripture up there, please. Don't, 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 don't remove it. Put that scripture up there. If you are of this world, the world will love its own. Yet because, everybody say that, because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. I'm not trying to tell you to pick a fight with the world. I'm trying to tell you there's something wrong if you're standing up for righteousness and everybody likes you. Now, I hope that happens. I hope that happens. But if you're more concerned about getting the, the world's approval than the Lord's approval, then you will not stand up for righteousness. Listen, you'll tolerate what I call little sins, what people call little sins. Isn't it funny how we tolerate, like, look, listen, I just have a problem with lying. It's not a big deal, though. I mean, at least I don't fornicate anymore. But, man, you lie. That means you can't get trusted. But yet, it's okay. Or... Hey, you know what? I used to think that, that you know, listening to and watching stuff that have, you know, 15, 20 minutes of nudity was bad. But, the, you know, but in time I just matured about that. I just matured. How far has the church gone that we say, 20 minutes, come on, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, they curse every five minutes, but come on, we're adults. So, you know, I, I don't do that in my house. But we justify watching it. I, I, I know this is old-fashioned. Some of you guys may not like it. But someone's got to preach it. Several years ago, Justin Timberlake tried to bring sexy back. I'm just trying to bring holiness back to the church. I, I, I'm serious. I'm bringing sexy back. Well, I'm bringing holiness back to the church. If Justin Timberlake could bring sexy back, preachers could bring holiness back by their preaching. Preachers could bring righteousness back. 
That's been a lost art. Don't tell me that preachers preach righteousness because they get condemned. You're condemning me, pastor. No, it's time for preachers to start preaching holiness. It's okay. You're not, I'm not beating anybody up. You know what's happening? Is I'm calling you out of the worldly values. I'm calling you out because worldly values will quench the fire of God faster than anything else I've seen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Come on, repeat it with me. For what? See, many Christians get that scripture wrong. They talk to someone and said, you know, the Bible says, blessed are those who love God, they shall be filled. That's not what it said. Or blessed are those who hunger for the presence of God. How many hunger for the presence of God? I do. And we miss, I've seen Christians say, you know what? The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger. But, but, but hunger for what? The, blessed are those who hunger for God. Actually, that's not what it says. It said, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. I didn't write the book. Jesus did. Then they shall be filled. Why are we not filled? Here's a revelation. Maybe we're not hungering for righteousness. sharing messages like this I'm not trying to be religious or condemning I'm just trying to get us out of Egypt and not fall into the trap of the lure and the attraction of the world I'm, I'm closing I promise listen to me give me two minutes not even five here's another PGism but there's a lot of new people so I'm going to say a lot of PGism here Jesus was the most beautiful, attractive, when I say attractive, not just physically, sinners were attracted to him. Would you not agree? Would you not agree? That every worldly person was attracted to Jesus, right? He did not become like the world to reach the world. Jesus was the most holiest man on earth, yet something about that attracted sinners to him. You would think the opposite nowadays. All he talks about is this, and all he talks about is getting right with God. I don't want to have lunch with him. Everyone had to want to have lunch with Jesus. And watch this. I said this. I, I had a revelation yesterday. That's why I was up at 2 in the morning. I'm trying to be careful how I say this. But there's been mentioned to me, I'll just say that in the past, that Jesus was only direct to Pharisees. And that sounds good. If you want to escape the whole truth, you just say, well, Jesus was only direct. So basically what they're saying is, don't be so direct to the church because he was only direct to the Pharisees. Watch this. I actually never saw this until yesterday. I'm, 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 I'm praying yesterday, 2 in the morning, and the Holy Spirit opens like scriptures to me. And he said, remember the pool of Bethesda. I'm like, I remember that. What does that have to do with what I'm thinking about? Remember the pool of Bethesda. Watch this, watch this. You're not going to turn there, but I feel the Holy Ghost here. John chapter 5, there was a man. Have you ever, have you, have you guys just seen the chosen, this scene? Have you seen that? Remember? So this man, I'm ending with this. He's in, he's in this pool and he's frustrated. Listen, 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 listen. Because every time the pool's stirred up, 
he's suffering. Everybody say suffering. He's not a Pharisee. Hear me. He's not a Pharisee that Jesus said, repent, right? There's a lot of people, some, some people have told me, well, he, Jesus only told people to repent to Pharisees. And the Lord opened my whole eyes. Watch this. Everybody say the man at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years, guys. Some of you guys haven't even been alive for 38 years. Suffering. Please, please, please. I'm, I'm coming to a close. And every time the water stirred, <laughs> disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Watch this. Never got healed. Long story short, Jesus comes in. You see it in scripture or you can watch the chosen. And he said, uh, do you want me to make you whole? I got nobody to help me. That's not what I asked you. Watch, 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 watch. Read it for yourself, please, today after your church. Get up your bed and walk, right? He gets healed from 38 years of being paralyzed. He's walking for the first time. He is not a Pharisee. He say he is not a Pharisee. So I want to bust this bubble that Jesus only taught, spoke directly and hard to Pharisees. Say he's not a Pharisee. He's the one that Jesus came to, to die for. He finds him in the temple later. Woo. Read chapter 5, the whole thing. And he pulls him aside and he says, hey, you're the one that I healed. Read it for yourself. He says, now that you are well, don't sin again. Watch this. Lest a worse thing come upon you. That blows my theology out the water. Jesus would never say that to the normal people that are not Pharisees. Wait, wait. Jesus, our merciful God, told someone that he just healed in the temple privately, don't sin because you may open up doors that will make you worse than what you were 38 years. What could be worse than being paralyzed for 38 years? I don't know. But Jesus said, there's a possibility. Why do I say that? Why did I say that example? Because I don't want you to get caught up that preachers that preach these things are always trying to make you feel bad. Some of you left this church because you may have been convicted or you may have felt bad. Jesus, our Lord, told the man, don't do it again. Don't open that thing up again because you may get worse. So I'm here to tell you, it's time to exodus out of Egypt. Today, as we get ready, I'm going to ask you guys with all of my heart and all of your heart to stand up to your feet, worship God, and as you do, visualize by faith when you go into the waters that you're leaving Egypt behind you and you're coming out and the windows of heaven are going to open up to you. How many degree, agree with that? It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. It just means you're putting a death sentence to your excuses. No more excuses. And it's time to say, you know what? I'm going to get baptized. What is baptism? An outward sign of an inward change. And baptism, all it says is this. I'm turning my back from the world, from Egypt, and I'm not going back. How many agree with me on that? Come on, let's stand up to your feet. Come on, all, 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 let's stand up to your feet all over. All over this place, I want you to get ready. We're going to worship for just a minute, and then we're going to baptize people. Come on. All of you, the, we're not going to have an altar call, but I'm going to. Thank you for tuning in. 
For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.